What makes DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart one of the best defensive line tandems in the NFL? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. And when you enter our promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order because we all know we can't get enough of those cups. I have about 1,500 in my kitchen right now. We're welcoming more at all at all times. Uh, anyways, I'm Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, I am your boots on the ground there at the facility, the credentialed member of the media there for the site. Zach is just the resident, notorious, baddest man in film study. <laughs> And man, he's been giving you some good stuff lately. So that is us on today's show. We're going to continue our position by position breakdown. Uh, and today we finally have gotten to the interior defensive line. Uh, this is a group, Zach, over the last few years, you know, Matt Eberflus, Matt Eberflus into Gus Bradley. A lot of guys that can play in multiple spots. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, you know, we'll go through the starters the guys who are going to play key depth roles, and then the guys who might be fighting for a spot on the bubble. Uh, this is a group that has zero mystery when it comes to who the starters are. Uh, DeForest Buckner, the multi-time All-Pro, and Grover Stewart, one of the best nose tackles in the game. Uh, no one's threatening their spots, Zach. So uh, Buckner and Stewart, you know, we've we've seen them performing together at a very high level for a few years now. Uh, what's your expectations for 2023 in year two under Bradley and Nate Ollie? Yeah, it's really interesting having this older ish, like older ish, like these guys are old players by any means, but you know, they're getting close to their thirties. Um, this like older dominant duo on a team that's so young and kind of retooling and rebuilding a little bit. Uh, it's like, they're the only ones that are way ahead of the rebuild right now are those two guys. Uh, if the Colts win a game at, here and there, it's because these two are having phenomenal games, whether that's Grover Stewart shutting down the run, whether that's DeForest Buckner disrupting the pass uh, Two very, very good players and, and expectations wise. I think it's just more of the same from both of them. You know, it's, it's DeForest Buckner getting around 10 sacks a season uh, being in the top 10 in pressures generated among defensive tackles in the NFL. And then Grover Stewart being one of the best in the league at, you know, getting run stops, getting tackles for a loss, getting overall tackles in general for defensive tackle. I mean, Grover Stewart's been doing that for years. DeForest Buckner has been doing this for years. I mean, that's why the Colts traded a first round pick for DeForest Buckner years ago. Uh, these are just two guys that are at the top of the game. I think pro football network did a ranking back in March of the top, I think the top 25 defensive tackles. It was our uh, it was our friend Dalton Miller uh, over there who did it. And he had DeForest Buckner at seventh best in the NFL among all defensive tackles. And Grover Stewart, I believe, came in at 16 for him. So two very, very good defensive tackles that anyone who watches the game can understand the impact that both these players have. And even though Stewart doesn't really offer as much in the passing game, even though he's saying that he wants to be more uh, this, this next season with that, 
even though he doesn't do that, he's so good at his con- his confined role that it you know it's fine. Like he's still a positive player. You know, if this were baseball, we would talk about him being a positive WAR player. You know, he's he's adding those wins over replacement uh, because he's so dominant in the run game and just affecting the game that way. So two of the best players on the team, I think. Honestly, if you were to rank out the best players on this entire Colts roster, they'd probably both be in the top five. Uh, that that's how important both these players are. Uh, very, very good players, and and I expect much of the same that we've seen the last couple of seasons out of both of them. That's where I'm at, too, because they're both in their prime right now, so I don't see any like big leaps uh, coming up, but they're all they're also not at the point in their careers where they're going to start declining yet either. Uh, Stewart, like you said, you, you had mentioned it. You know, He said he's always working on his pass rush. I think he had a career-high four sacks last year, which for a nose tackle is pretty good. Uh, so he's probably going to try and increase that a little bit. Uh, Gus Bradley, someone mentioned it to him later that day, and, and he thought it was funny because he just knows that Grover doesn't ever want to leave the field. <laughs> uh, he's going to try and keep himself out there on passing downs. Uh, but no, the, these guys are are great. They're, they're you know, in, interior defensive line play isn't always the sexiest thing on the field. But uh, during training camp, they're two of the most entertaining guys to watch because uh, they can just wreck a whole – they can wreck a whole practice for the offense, just ruin everything they're trying to do. Uh, there are a couple guys who are so good and play at such a high level that they can just flip a switch and influence everything. You're like, oh, yeah, these guys are kind of like crazy good. They can just do whatever they want. Uh, so they're, they're really great to watch. And I think they're especially important for the young guys that the Colts have brought in that we're going to talk about uh, here in a bit. Uh, and, you know, you could factor in Dio Dengbo into that, too, even though he's a defensive end, he's someone who kicks inside and out. Uh, but they're they're really great. Um, a question I had for you, though, is as I find my light here, um, do you consider uh, Buckner and Stewart to be the best interior line duo in the NFL or they're at the very least among the best, would you say? Yeah, I, I think I'd have them third. Or, I mean, it's it's close between the top three. I think the top three is mm-hmm. pretty clear among anyone who kind of watches defensive tackles and defensive line play. Uh, the top three, I think, in, again, no order, but I would have the Colts third. But you guys, again, can rank these in any way. But Jonathan Allen, De'Aaron Payne are going to be up there. I mean, two phenomenal players. They both offer a lot in the pass rush as well as the run game, where, again, Grover Stewart's been a little bit limited in his career. And then I think you have to have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams there with the Giants up super high as well, just just because, again, Dexter Lawrence is a top five defensive tackle in football, and then Leonard Williams is another phenomenal pass rusher who maybe doesn't offer as much in the run game, but passing is obviously more important than than the run game. So having another high-level pass rusher is big. But I think Grover Stewart and Forrest Buckner are right up there. And and one thing I want to add with this too is, you know, when we're talking about the impact these two players have on the team and on the field, on the field play, off the field, these are two of the most, you know, lovable personalities, two guys that everyone kind of just the whole team kind of revolves around. Like they are just huge personalities, uh, team captain type guys that that everyone looks up to. So it's such a big thing for a young team to have presences like that. Like, like Jonathan Taylor is a phenomenal player and a great player and people look up to him, but you got to have the presence sometimes as a leader that a Grover Stewart has, or that a DeForest Buckner has where it's like, they're not going to be super talkative. They're going to be explosive. But the second they walk into a room, everyone's looking at what they're doing because they are just, they've been doing it for so long and, and they're just those, those type of guys. So, I think guys like Taylor can learn to be leaders from those guys. I think guys like like Zaire Franklin obviously is, has kind of gone the same way as them as well, where it's like they just have that energy about them 
uh, on and off the field. So, yeah, I mean, when you're looking for best overall players on the team and most important players to the team, I know you don't look at defensive tackles generally, but for the Colts, these are two of the top players on the team and two of the most important players for the Colts uh, going forward and at the beginning of this kind of retooling or this rebuild or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I I recently did that thing where I I had the Colts' most important players, and I cut it off at three. But after after I got out of those offensive players, I literally had them neck and neck as the two most important defensive players. Like, it just depends what you're looking for. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Colts have a pretty rough stretch of opposing running backs uh, this this year. So you look at someone like Stewart and how influential he is against the run. And, of course, Buckner is one of the best interior pass rushers in the league, and that's an invaluable trait in itself. So together, those two, like you said, the, number three is is probably good, you know, because those other those other duos are just really, really good. You can also do like – Quinn and Williams and Quentin Jefferson's a nice duo. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald and a bag Whoever. of potatoes. Is, yeah. <laughs> like that's a pretty good one. But no, there's a lot of really good duos in the league, but I, I think it really says something that they're, they're probably top three, top four. Yeah. Again, for, yeah. for a team that's kind of young and retooling and did not win many games whatsoever last year, outside of running back, like defensive tackle is probably the only position where you could look at and say, we have one of the best, or we have two of the best in the league. I, I guess left guard as well, obviously with Quentin Nelson. But outside of those positions, defensive tackle is the one where you can look at and be like, okay, this is where the Colts are the elite of the elite around the league. Uh, and you can be the most pessimistic fan ever, but you can't deny the impact that DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart have on the field. I mean, the Colts last year, I think they were 30th in rushing yards allowed per game because teams were winning every game like the whole game so they were able to run the ball so much more but they were still top six in rushing yards per like rushing yard average or whatever so it was 4.1 yards per carry is what they allowed last year which which was sixth best in the league so teams were running on them knew they had knew they could run on them all game and the Colts were still buckling it down and keeping that yards per carry down a little bit I mean that's just the impact these two players have as well as having you know the Colts were what almost had their franchise record in sacks both those players contributed to that as well so uh, yeah, two top tier players that we really don't have to worry about whatsoever next season or the coming seasons after that. Yeah, absolutely zero mystery to that group there. Uh, but next, the players that should be key to the Colts' interior depth behind Buckner and Stewart in 2023. But first, we're going to chat about our pals over at Bird Dogs. Fellas, I told you yesterday, it's skies out. That means the thighs are out. And Bird Dogs are going to make you look good in that department. Uh, Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look like the Greek gods that you all are. (laughs) They fit way better than regular shorts, and they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. Uh, They fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, which is a mouthful, that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And that's great because a lot of those materials that are like gym clothes materials that are supposed to wick moisture, they just make you stink. But bird dogs don't. So that's that's pretty clutch. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter our promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that much. 
in every day is I know this has been kind of a weird and tough week for all of us when it comes to the Colts. Uh, we've been covering this Isaiah Rogers situation as it's been going. So if you guys have missed that at all, please go back and check out our last couple episodes. We also had some quick hitters as well where we talked about it. So all you beautiful everydayers, if you ha- if you happen to miss that, go back and check those out. All right, Jake. So we're talking about depth players behind the top two. And, and you kind of mentioned it in the first segment a little bit. It, it's, it's a little weird talking depth behind the defensive tackle group because you have guys like Dio Dangbo and you have guys like Taekwon Lewis who are going to get snaps on the interior, but they're not really defensive tackles. They, they kind of get out there for pass rushing stuff or in, just in unique sets. Uh, so the defensive tackle depth could be anywhere from three players in total, like three players in total to five players in total or six players in total. Like the Colts could go so much with this, depending on what their edge depth looks like, what they, how confident they feel putting Dio Dangbo back inside uh, but they have two explosive guys here that that we're going to talk about. Uh, Taven Bryan was their big free agent signing, and then Addy Addy. Jake, can you say the right pronunciation here? Because I I don't want to say it. I, I want to actually get it down. I've been I've been working on. It. I think it's Adatomi Adabol. Nope. Adatomi Adabore. <laughs> yes, Adatomi Adabore. Yeah. There we go. There it we go. It still doesn't guys. roll off the tongue yet. I, again, I'm usually really good with those style of names. It hasn't it's, grabbed me yet. It's a great name though because it bounces. It it's got that flow with it. Atatome, Atabore. Yeah. Like it, it, it just bounces like that, which I really like there. But talking <laughs> about these two players, they kind of are the similar type of mold. Uh, they're both extremely explosive. Like I don't want to like I want to put as much emphasis as I can on this. We're we're gonna bold what I'm saying here. We're gonna underline it. We're gonna italicize it. it. These are the two extremely explosive defensive tackles. You could see it in their 40 times at their combines. You could see it in their vertical jumps and they're just explosive jumps and everything. Uh, these are two of the most athletic defensive tackles in football behind the two starters that the Colts have. It's all about what they can do with that athleticism, though. Taven Bryan, the whole reason why he's been a journeyman in the NFL is he's kind of just an explosive guy. That's really all he is here in the NFL. And then Adetomi, I mean, that's just, he's just a rookie. That's the reason why he fell, though. He fell to round four because he's kind of just an explosive guy in college. So two very raw-ish guys. Like, it's hard to say Brian's still raw because he's had some production, but two raw-ish guys that at least offer a lot in the stunt and a twist game, you know, the stunt and twist uh, with with all that action up front. So I'm intrigued by both of them, but... I'm I'm in a weird place with both these guys where I don't know if they're going to be productive this year, but they could be because the people just don't move like that. You know, both these guys, nobody moves like that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Taven Bryan, he's, he's been in the league a handful of years now. This is his second or third contract or third contract, I think. So, I mean, teams know what he is. So the Colts had to have had a plan coming into it. Uh, maybe they feel he's, he's really, fits in well to this attack front. You know, they are going to use that athleticism and explosion to their advantage. You know, you don't have to be ultra strong and do this and that, like just go try and get into the backfield probably. Um, And the same thing with Ade Ade, you know, Um, you know, he's still listed as a defensive end actually on the, on the team's roster. Uh, But I think he's even said that they're thinking three tech. So yeah, that's my guess is he's going to be basically, the inverse of Dio, where Dio is mostly an end that can kick inside. I think he's going to be, you know, a, a defensive tackle that can occasionally go outside too. And to, just depending on whatever the situation, passing down, rushing down, what have you. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think as far as you're looking at the depth goes, 
I, I think Ade Ade is obviously safe, but Brian feels the safest of these depth guys. Um, I think they should both probably make it. Uh, but like you said, Taekwon and Dio factor in as well. We've seen in the past, they'll take those those numbers into account. They're not necessarily going to keep a bunch of true defensive tackles if they've got a couple guys that can move from inside to out. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'll, that'll be a big factor as well. Uh, you're probably not expecting much growth from Brian at this point. Yeah. Um, but Adetome, you've you've got to expect to see a, a pretty significant jump from training camp through the end of the season. Yeah, I think what's going to be fascinating with both these guys is I, I think we're both in agreement here where these are probably the next two guys up. You know, when, if, if both of DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart are off like in training camp or in preseason, these are going to be the two guys that come in. There's not really a one tech with these two guys, though, or a nose tackle. Neither of these guys are that. Like Taven Bryan, ideal, like, you know, he's 300 pounds. He's extremely explosive. He can get low on guys. Like, ideally, he could be that, but he's never been that in his career. He's never been a good run defender. He's never been a guy that can that can two-gap and eat blocks and and be comfortable inside in that role. And Adetomi, you know, he's coming from defensive end to play three-tech. You know, he's not going to be a guy who from day one can go in and play one-tech or something or play nose tackle and, and withstand that, that kind of punishment. So when we're looking at roles behind the top two guys, who's Grover Stewart's backup? Is it one of these two guys? Cause it's definitely not Adetome. Is it Taven Bryan though? Like maybe, maybe if you're really just so committed to rushing the passer and Grover Stewart never coming off the field and run defense, then you're fine. But I think when we're looking at these two guys, the next man up, which I agree with you, I do think that these are the logical guys that come in afterwards you know do do you feel comfortable enough with Taven Bryan as the backup nose tackle uh personally I don't love it uh, we're going to talk about a guy in segment three who I think has a clear way to make the roster because of that uh but it'll be interesting to see because because again I, I've had to say this a couple times now but I do think these are the next two guys up it's just who takes that Grover Stewart role on the second team yeah exactly because last year they didn't have it didn't seem like there was a terrific plan there I mean they had some guys that could you know feasibly do it but yeah like you said these two guys are are way more the three tech type and i just yeah they they seem the safest to make it but then the guys we're going to touch on in segment three we're probably looking at one of them that makes mm -hmm. it on to to the final one uh so next up who are those final players that are going to be fighting for maybe the last roster spot okay zach so we've got a a four-way tie, I guess you could. Well, maybe not so much a tie. There's two guys that are definitely ahead uh, above the rest. So you've got McTelvin, a, a, a gym, a gym. I think it's a gym. Uh, McTelvin, a gym, uh, Texas A&M, uh, former yeah. Texas A&M guy. I think he was an undrafted free agent or a late-round pick of the Broncos. Mm -hmm. I was say, I, I just now realized I've only ever seen his name spelled out. I've never actually heard it <laughs> until I just had to say it. Uh, and then yeah. Eric Johnson, who was a, a day three pick for the Colts last year, who is a really big athletic guy they like for the nose tackle spot, but just he was just there last year. Like, yeah, I thought in the summer he had some moments where he looked really explosive, really powerful. But when the season came, he just he was just out there. Uh, and then a couple undrafted rookies, Caleb Sampson from Kansas and Jamal Woods from Illinois. Uh, so a Jim and Johnson are probably the guys fighting for that final spot. Yeah, yeah. And I think Eric Johnson is going to have 
a phenomenal opportunity because again, just off of my understanding of Taven Bryan's career and from watching him, I don't see him as a guy that's going to really wrap up that backup nose tackle position. You know, I don't think that he's going to be a lock to do it again. He might show some good things with his, with his explosion and stuff like that in camp. But for the most part, I don't think he's going to be someone where you come out of camp being like, okay, we have our backup nose tackle. Eric Johnson though, they've had on this development plan. They want to make him with, with a horrible, <laughs> with a horrible comparison here. They want to make him the next Grover Stewart, you know, like obviously it's impossible to find another Grover Stewart, but they want to have him on that same development plan where, you know, year one, you're just kind of getting your feet wet, getting out there a little bit, and then going into your next season, it's getting that weight where it needs to be, getting your endurance and your stamina where it needs to be, and getting you ready to be a, a key rotational player. And then after that, we see what happens. Maybe you become a Grover Stewart, or maybe you just become a very solid player, like an Al Woods or something in the past. I think that's what they are kind of envisioning with, an Eric Johnson type thing. It's like, okay, year one, we got him on the field a little bit. We had him in the organization. He was always on the roster. Now it's all about getting him where he needs to be to where he can be an impactful player. Uh, because if you look at this entire roster, obviously Caleb, Caleb Sampson and Jamal Woods, they can be one tech type guys, but you're asking a lot out of undrafted free agents. If you're looking at the guys who have feasible shots at making it, Eric Johnson's the next best option behind Grover Stewart at one tech. He's got the size, he's got the explosion, he's got the power, he's got the strength, and he's got some experience last year under his belt as well. Uh, so it's really big opportunity for him to come into camp exactly where they want him to be and just feast on these third team reps or if he gets some second team reps or just feast on those reps and show that he can be a really good run defender. You know, the big thing for him this whole camp is like, it'd be great to show that you can rush the passer and it's great that you can get after the quarterback, but show that you can two gap, show that you can eat blocks, show that you can make things easier for linebackers there on that second and third team, because that'll be how he makes the roster. It's not making the roster getting 30 sacks a season, because that's not going to happen. He's going to get the, he's going to make the roster by holding teams rushing yards down by getting in the way, eating up blocks. That That's exactly what he needs to do this camp. So he is the ultimate X factor in this group. You know, if we're talking just from top to bottom in this defense top group, guys that can come out of seemingly nowhere to make the roster or coming out of the bottom to make the roster. It's going to be Eric Johnson because that role is so much up for grabs behind Grover Stewart. Yeah, I think so. And whereas Ade Ade is that X factor when it comes to getting that spot because he can go inside and out and, you know, maybe he jumps to the DT three role. Uh, Johnson himself is a big one as well. Cause you know, I mentioned he was just kind of there last year, but as you said, expectations probably weren't very high either kind of a getting your uh, your feet wet type of thing and they did mention him in the same breath of molding him into that Grover Stewart type they said that last year after they drafted him uh he's definitely more of the you know the the one gap the nose the nose type of player um so yeah they're they're both you know that six three uh 300 plus they're they're not huge they're not Grover Stewart size uh, but for a defensive front like this, that's the kind of size they're offering. Uh, yeah. Johnson is, for for a guy with those measurables, very, very explosive. So mm -hmm. I'm going to guess they're betting on those high-end traits. And if I had to give it to one of those guys, Johnson is, is probably the way to go. Again, yeah. they've made this investment in a, a guy from Missouri State. So uh, they're going to give him a little time to acclimate and, and see what he can do. Yeah, let me not ruin your your headline here. Aditomi is the biggest X factor for the future in this mm -hmm. group. Like, Aditomi might not play a snap this year. Like, it wouldn't shock me if Taven Bryan's the backup three tech, 
Uh, Eric Johnson's the backup one tech and Adetome is just the a healthy scratch for most of the season, but it's not really about this season for him. It's about the next season and going forward and what he can be. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is 290 pounds. Who's running a four, four, like there's, there's some potential there to, to develop, but for this next season and most important guys in the depth group, it's going to be Eric Johnson because if something happens to Grover Stewart, this run defense is going to allow six yards to carry. Like it is going to be atrocious unless Eric Johnson can show that he could be a capable run stuffer. I'm not saying that the drop off between him and Grover Stewart needs to be like nothing at all, but at least get it up to a level where, you know, last year, every time Grover Stewart came off the field on rundowns, we were like, Oh no, <laughs> like, Oh no. Uh, Byron Cowart's not going to stop the run here. He's not going to eat blocks. He's going to get driven back. Eric Johnson last year was not that either. So we just want to see him get to a point where, Again, like where Grover Stewart was back in what 2019, I think, or whatever. So right before he kind of broke out is where like, oh, Grover Stewart's in the game. That's good. Like it's it that's a good rotational player who's making things happen. It's nothing like, oh, this is an elite player. It's okay, cool. Like he's he's holding down the fort. Uh he's making some plays every now and then. That's just where Eric Johnson needs to be to make the roster. So I'm excited for him. I hope he can take that next step and and hopefully get on that Grover Stewart uh, development path there. But I did want to touch on McTelvin and Jim because uh, I did cover him a little bit with the Broncos. I covered the Broncos for a very small amount of time uh, last year, whatever it was, or two years ago. Uh, and yeah, he's an explosive player. He kind of fits the Taven Bryan and Adetomi kind of role where it's super explosive, super strong, can get in there and, and shoot gaps really well. And if something were to happen to Taven Bryan or Adetomi is just not ready, and you feel more comfortable with the gym, like he's just another guy in that mold. Uh, so you could tell just from looking at this defensive tackle group that the most important thing to be a defensive tackle for the Colts is explosion. Like it is all explosion. All these guys are super athletes uh, for their size. And it's going to be really fun to see what they can do in camp with the stunts and twists with uh, just gap shooting and getting into the backfield. Uh, I, this group is really fun on paper, even if it's not like, like obviously the top two guys are great, but even though it's not like this elite, everyone's a superstar group, it's okay, we have our top two guys who are really good, and then we just have athletes, just all athletes behind them, and we're going to see what they can do. So that's always fun to see for a team. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, obviously they want the athletic types, and they're going to iron out the creases and, you know, let them develop, you know, how to counter and, and you know, fight hands and, and things like that. They'll let you be explosive and see what you can do. They'll They'll teach the intricacies after. But I was going to say, we need our Curtis Brooks this year. Because, I mean, when we started this show last summer, Curtis Brooks, you know, had the naming rights to the show, basically. So <laughs> whether it's Johnson or even like Samson or Woods, we need our Curtis Brooks this year. Do we need a Curtis Brooks in the defensive tackle group, though? Because we're kind of 0 for 1 on probably, that one. Probably, yeah. We, <laughs> we need we our Sterling Weatherford. <laughs> okay. We need our next Sterling Weatherford because that one also didn't go super well. <laughs> Hey, he had his moments. He had his moments. <laughs> okay, to be fair, last year, though, we were high on Kylan Granson, and he had a solid seat. Like, he, for for mm -hmm. all things considered, with the Colts offense, he was mostly fine. Like, Yeah, for, it for, wasn't uh, his fault how things went. Right, right, right. We'll, we'll find someone. We'll find some guys that we enjoy. <laughs> I mean, we got the cornerback group coming up soon, and, and we'll have a lot of corners in that group. I'm sure we'll be just like the entire Colts fan base and be on Darius Rush. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. And... I feel like you plugged that on purpose because Zach just actually put out Wednesday afternoon a piece on Darius Rush. So after this, in a couple minutes when we're off, you go to horseshoehuddle.com and you check that piece out. Look at that. We're, we're, we're on the same mindset there. We're on the same mindset. But that's all we have for today, guys. Um, again, this defensive tackle group, 
very, very top heavy and very athlete heavy behind them. So it's going to be really fun to watch them in camp and everydayers. Uh, this is it for us this week. Make sure to come back next week as we continue through this uh, preview of the entire roster and going through all the players. Uh, we have added some addendums to other episodes like Rashad Perriman, uh, episode uh, or with the wide receiver episode, we're going to put Rashad Perryman in the show notes and everything like that, just to add some more context. If you guys are listening to those a little bit later uh, in the Colts have added players at those positions. So everydayers, make sure you're checking back on those episodes and looking forward to next week's episodes as we get closer and closer to finishing off this roster. And if you guys don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks too, all on Twitter. Also, subscribe to the Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys bright and early next week.